I love my HBCU. And Bob, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the HCCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they won a loss. Yeah, and who the ball, the ball. So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. How are the professors doing this week? I know y'all into your summer group, doing your research, out on assignments. None of y'all are teaching in the summer session classes, man. What kind of people are y'all? (laughs) <laughs> this is true dog this is true Try, try it, i guess enjoy like you say enjoy a little bit of summer groove <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is that's what it is uh welcome to episode 270 of inside hbcu sports lab radio show and podcast the show that's covering the sporting hbcu dash for all things hbcu sports for institutions large and small from the nia to the ncaa we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic program in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cabello, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bistrick, from filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Fame, multi-Hall of Famer, that is Ralph Cooper in a beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Professor Washington. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? How you doing? I just want to say officially in front of everybody, congratulations. uh, You essentially an empty nester, man. You got the last one out, graduated, scholarship for lacrosse. I know you've been all over the world half the time. You say you're on assignment work, but I know you was actually doing double duty, getting your father time in, making sure your son got to do a little bit of his lacrosse. AAU circuit side. I don't know what y'all call it lacrosse, you know, but making rounds because y'all global, at least national. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's basically, you might as well call it AAU. That's not the name for it, but it's about as active as the AAU. You might as well say it. So, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it, Doc. Yes, yeah, it's, it's surreal. You're the last one out the house. So. so, let's share with the people congratulations. You know, we tried to see if Hampton was interesting, but, you know, we can't control everything, but, uh, Sons signed scholarships. One is moving from the University of Michigan, Dearborn, NIA level to NCAA Division II. So now the brothers are going to be able to partner up and play together since they played in high school. I think that's really cool. I'm going to give you a chance to kind of share a little bit of that with the people yeah, out there. A, yeah. We don't, we don't get really to cool share thing. too much of the personal <laughs> lifestyle, but sometimes it's good to let the people know we're human and like everybody else. Yeah, it's cool. It, it's really cool to have two sons playing for the same team. They know they're they're playing for a tough team. They got to put in work. Nothing's guaranteed. So, but um, I like the fact that they're moving to the hotbed of lacrosse, or one of the hotbeds in North Carolina, and they're not far from other HBCUs. Even though they're not playing an HBCU, they're down the street from Shaw, around the street down the corner from A&T and and others. So, a lot of those students end up at the same places. So they'll get some exposure. To other HBCUs, and but just the thing of having them play at the same—I don't have to make no decisions as to who to fly to to go see. I know who I know where we go. So, so right, here's one trip. Well, you know it's road trip. So let me know. I'm good for a road trip. I want to go. Well, I'm gonna get in a little bit of Professor Bishop business because he has some congratulations out there too. You know, he sent a daughter. Syracuse happens to be the choice. Of destinations, uh, this time a little bit off of the athletic framework, but it's still active when you talk about the talent of arts yeah. in a lot of different ways. So let me make sure I share some love and give some people some personal side of Charles, how proud he is 
let the people know so you can share it with whomever and how much you would like. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I'm extremely proud of my eldest daughter, Clark. Uh, uh, theatrical talent. She's an actress uh, getting ready to go to uh, Syracuse uh, University, but uh, uh, she went to the High School for Performing Visual Arts here in, in Houston, and uh, uh, she's now taking her talents on a uh, closer tour the Broadway stage, going up to upstate New York to Syracuse. So extremely proud. Uh, she's put in a tremendous amount of work and she's extremely talented. So uh, I couldn't be uh, any more proud of her than I am. I know that's doubt, no doubt about it. I will say this, you know, it gets a little cold in those places. <laughs> but I'm willing to travel as well as that too, you know. Open bag, we'll travel. So road trip, road trip. Yeah, we'll I know, it, right? We'll make it road work. trips. Exactly, exactly. Looking forward to it. <laughs> but in all seriousness, as you got to come on the show, you were on assignment uh, in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, you got to talk a little bit about the action that was taking back on Thursday, but there were a couple of other days left. If you would kind of sum that up and let us know how all that came together. I heard uh, Prime knows how to make sure folks are taken care of in terms of the dinners. So I need to <laughs> let uh, Coach Prime know, you know, Cody, let him know Dr. Cavill is recruitable as well. I need to make sure you know, I'm a good guy. I like to eat well as myself. So, you know, uh, a steak or two, you know, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I heard you verify that, but I understand that people, these young folks ain't well. So, you know, Kavir like the email too. So just let Coach Cody know, Dr. Kavir, you know, it can be recruited. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, I, I'm trying to get it too. I'm trying to get myself back in the portal, see how how, how much eligibility I have left. So. <laughs> but, <laughs> I tell you what, oh, like, uh, oh, like like he don't get taken care of. He go on to Coach Prime's ring. He ain't like the man that feed him. We know Coach Prime. He take care of folks. Don't, don't try to sell soul as all this. Like you don't get all this hard work. Like you ain't get no pleasure. Come on, man. You do it, man. Don't do Coach Prime like that. Tell the truth. Hey. Coach Prime takes care of folks, man. Hey, don't, hey, don't hey, do that. No, no doubt about it. You better okay. believe he does. He does appreciate the pregame show. We appreciate the, the access that he's given us. But you talk about uh, three days of, uh, of campers. When you talk about Thursday, uh, then Friday, uh, well over 600 kids, uh, a lot that were standing uh, outside the gates. And then uh, you had a seven-on-seven tournament uh, Saturday that was pretty big as well, uh, where you had a lot of high schools around the state of Mississippi, particularly in the Delta region of Mississippi. It's like they brought – uh, the, the entire school district uh, from uh, the Delta region down to Jackson. You have some Jackson area teams as well, uh, but a huge seven-on-seven tournament that lasts throughout the day at, at Jackson State on three different fields. But uh, you talk about from Thursday through Saturday, successful camp, uh, when you talk about a lot of exposure that Jackson State University was able to receive in regards to a future, potential future generation of, of athletes looking at Jackson State. So uh, everything went tremendous. Uh, you talk about uh, uh, not only the instruction they received, <clears throat> but the camp experience it itself, and they were fed afterwards as well. So uh, a lot of happy faces, a lot of guys got themselves on the radar, if you will, for a lot of schools. And then you had a tremendous a lot of uh, tremendous amount of coaches who were there at the camps as well from around the state of Mississippi, Mississippi Valley, Alcorn, uh, a lot of the JUCOs, as well as uh, Mississippi College, uh, Delta State, which was a Jackson State opponent uh, this past season. But a uh, tremendous uh, instruction from the Jackson State coaches to all these campers. So uh, a lot of guys got a lot of eyes put on them this past weekend. Well, I told you from the beginning that when this opportunity came forth that this was something that you had to pull the trigger on. You never knew how, uh, which direction it was going, whether it was going to be well-received, whether it was going to work. Well, those parts, you just don't know. I mean, people will try to come back and say they knew this, but you really didn't. Uh, but what's amazing to me, it far exceeds my expectations of why I thought you had to pull the trigger on this. And now I have a little more time. I told you that this was, you know, um, acquisition, if you would, coming together um, in terms of a business a framework where you had these branding identities coming together, sharing a partnership, whether it's Jackson State, Coach Prime, and the SWAC 
in this case, all coming together, great independent brands, when the collaboration took place, how it took things to another level. What I'm seeing even now is how intentional Coach Prime is. And I'm not sure yes. if he gets recognized for his brilliance because he's so bombastic in a lot of ways. People don't get a chance oftentimes to really look behind that and the mindset of what he is. And those that have dissected what Dion athletically was able to do on the field, a lot of times you miss when his teammates and coaches talk about how much of he was a film watcher and a tacticianer and a science in terms of the game of being able to take his ability to the next level, much like some of the other great ones, Michael Jordan, obviously um, Irvin in terms of wide receiver, Jerry Rice, uh, HBCU all great talk about how they were able to accelerate his skills. Well, now I'm seeing in a lot of ways that he's bringing all these things to the table, his experience from the media side and understanding what it means to be in the media and how do you make it work for you and not against you. Uh, how do you understand the several years that he was in terms of taking advantage of his skill set to be a coach working with um, these uh, high school athletes in terms of some of these All-American games? He's putting all that in place. His experience of what he saw at the high school level, his experience of seeing at the Power Five level, his experience of the pros. He's putting all that on the table, and I'm not sure that we've ever seen this in our lifespan. And it may take five to 10 years as we come back later and sure. see what took place. And we're in the middle of a transformation that we haven't seen. And I'm not saying those that are fans of their teams, and I'm not saying that you can do it a different way, but I'm saying the uniqueness of what he's getting done, I think, this is from a pure business perspective, sport business person, a professor, analytically, strategically watching this. I'm seeing something that is amazing from the framework that I can't quite wrap my hands all around it because it's train changing at a pace that far seeds what I intentionally thought could take place. So I wanted to put that on the table. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some news. But I thought it was important for me to share that with the viewers and listeners so they can maybe see a different perspective that they have not considered. We'll be right back after this quick break. Mm -hmm. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Itchy, squirmy, Scratchy, family not getting clean, get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Hello? Girl, somebody hit my car today. What? You okay? No, girl. I'm hurt. You better call my lawyer, Terrence Madden of T. Madden & Associates. He got me super paid after my accident. I saw him last Sunday giving away scholarships. 833-PAID-123. I'm attorney Terrence Madden. I love getting huge checks for injured clients. Dial 833-PAID-123. 833-PAID-123. Offices Atlanta, Jonesboro, and Augusta. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yeah. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. Thank you. 
So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. You know, I gave a little breakdown in terms of maybe a different way to look at what's taking place here and not so much in terms of transfers, four stars, three stars, five stars, whether your team um, is going to be ready and how things look in the fall. Let me go to you first, Mike in terms of any thought process of what I put out there? No, I think one of the points that that hammers home with me, Doc, is I, I don't think we'll see the, you know, the full potential realized for maybe a, another couple of years um, on, on what Coach Prime is doing, what he's bringing to the table. I think we're seeing, yes, immediate tangible benefits, but, but I think you're going to see something that's going to exponential grow, exponentially grow. You're talking about somebody who has succeeded in all facets of the game, created his own brand, genius in marketing. I mean, he did it at a time when there were very few others doing it. Someone who was a tactician and technically proficient at his game. No one studied the game. Few people knew that like he did. He's bringing, he's bringing that to young men. The other thing is how, you know, how to navigate and how and how to succeed against, you know, he's been at he's been at power five schools. So he knows a lot. He knows a lot about that landscape. So he's bringing a lot of these skill sets, a lot of this knowledge in one bag and bringing it to the table. And it's going to continue to unravel and unravel and be basically absorbed by players. And I think you'll see uh, exponentially increasing tangible benefits year two, three, four. It's an overall investment from my perspective in which he's bringing, you know, some assets to the table. He's growing that, nurturing it, and it's growing. So I think it's a wonderful thing. That's just my impression, my opinion on it. I know, you know, CB is a lot closer to the situation but and can give you a lot more than I can. But from what I can see, it is tremendous for HBCU football, not just Jackson State. That's the thing about Charles. Charles is hush mouth. I mean, he, he don't give you none of the internals. He's a good guy. He, he is truly about the business. He, he just speaks, you know, on top what's there. But I would like to ask you this because I'm not going to tell anybody – the conversations we had when this was an opportunity. I'm not going to say the direction <laughs> we talked about. We're going to keep that to us. We'll take that one to the grave. But with that being said, once it was made, you know, you certainly were saying let's be supportive and see what's going on. Has this gone beyond what you thought it could be? I, I do want to ask you that question. Regardless of, you know, what was originally thought about the process. Tremendously. Uh, it has gone beyond what I ever uh, imagined could have happened. Let me let me tell you two things definitive about Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. He's strategic as all get out. He's extremely intentional. And he has this foresight in terms of what it is he wants to see. And he wants it to get done uh, as soon as possible. And the question becomes, uh, not just for Jackson State, but for all of our HBCUs, is our infrastructure ready for it? I mean, to, I mean, because he's challenging the infrastructure, not just of, of, of the, the administrative levels of Jackson State, but challenging all HBCUs to step up. And that's going to be huge. I mean, are we ready for this seismic shift, this seismic change that's happening? And I, I don't know uh, if we're all you don't potentially ready for it. I mean, it, it is, uh, uh, he is a shark in terms of the way he sees things. He's, he never stops thinking, uh, never stops moving. And, and, and like I said, when I say intentional, he's extremely intentional about what he wants to see get done for Jackson State football, for HBC, HBCU football in general. And he's demanding that seat at the table. And I, from what I see, a lot of times there's blowback to that. So many people are like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. You take those too fast. And there is no such thing as too fast with him. That is the thing that really jumps out beyond a shadow of a doubt. Go yeah. ahead, Mike. Yeah, CB, along those lines, and as I was looking at it, 
is for me asking what you just stated is is he setting up a model that other HBCUs either fearful or just plain can't at least establish? That's a great question. Um, yes, he is setting up a model. Uh, I think um, uh, it, it's going to be sort of a fear factor sort of situation for administrations <laughs> to um, yeah. sort of take on this model, uh, this this change that we're starting to see. And, um, I, you know, all I can say is why be scared? You know, examine the model, take it on, and go forth and run, and let's see what happens. I mean, it is uh, it is mind blowing to watch what he is able to get done. Yeah, um, like a lot of the fans up here, including Mike, that has grown up in this HBCU culture uh, from many different facets. Can you pinpoint what some of those concerns are, uh, or at least in general, provide some framework? Because we talk in these ambiguous terms in terms of being scared, but scared of what? I don't know. And that's a, that's a, that's a good question. I, I don't know particularly, you know, what, what as a whole, you know, our, our HBCU fan base is scared of with regards to, you know, some of the things that he's doing. And, and I say that from a standpoint, a lot of us act as guardians or gatekeepers uh, from, for this HBCU culture, not wanting to let it get out. And, you know, the reality of it is he's shining a light on this HBCU culture and some of that light, you, you, the, the warts will get exposed as well. I think that's where you get some of the blowback that, you know, that comes towards it. Yeah. Cause you lift over the sheet, you know, from outside, we can talk about all that's glamorous and beautiful and all the things, but obviously like anything in life, um, everything is not good. There are some bads with it. And I guess if you've been in a situation where you haven't always had people acknowledge your good, it becomes frustrating when people try to acknowledge your faults or your bad. I think that's where some of the hesitation comes from, from my perspective, is that uh, we have been uh, ostracized in so many ways because we don't necessarily do the things in the same model as everybody else, that people don't necessarily appreciate that. You know, one of the examples of that is the, you know, what was originally the Heritage Bowl and now the Celebration Bowl model, because of that is outside the norm for FCS, even though in a lot of ways it copies the model for FBS, uh, where there's revenue generated, you have a lot of folks that almost shun the framework that SWAC has decided and the MEAC in partnership in a lot of ways to take on this different model. And it's almost because people see it as different that it's deficient. Um, and I've always told my students to be careful of looking at things just because it's different doesn't mean it's deficient. It's just that, it's different. different. So look at the model and see if that model is something that works in the overall framework in terms of, in this case, um, revenue generating opportunities Versus another model that doesn't generate revenue, you know, does it make sense to do that? Or do you just do the same with everybody else to get along, to get along, uh, for lack of a better word? So that's something that I'm intrigued about. Well, on our second break, and I hope people enjoy the fact that we take in more of a cultural awareness of a business perspective of us take place. We'll get back into some of the sporting updates after this break in the second half of the show. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge. Featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. 
www.slowburnwaco.com. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. GMC Sierra, with hands-free driving, offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class. Yeah, it rocks. It's like a loot machine. The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team if they want a lot left and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBC Sports Lab with the professors, Professor Bishop, Professor Washington. You know, we talked a little bit off the record in the segment, and we were asked to bring it back on air, so I'll sum it up like this before we get into the news. One of the things that I think is a challenge um, that's out there that people may not realize is when you're asking folks to take things to the next level, um, you're still talking about resources. And we ignore the fact, I think because it's almost uh, punishing for us to really know that our institutions have been deprived of those resources. We know it's the truth to the fact, but when you start really talking about the fact that our institutions have been deprived of millions of dollars, some people, if you look at it over the years, really billions of dollars, that's not something that you just overcome because you work harder or smarter. Um, it is important to understand from our institutions, when you take revenue from one part of the institution that and take it to another institution, you're going to deprive that other component of the university. There, there's no magical amount of money that is there. And that's why you always hear me talking about what is the revenue. We talk about folks that have great ideas, but what are the real revenue ramifications that you're bringing to the table? What checks, what true revenue are you talking about either writing or acting? positioning in terms of what that looks like. And so that's the challenge you have when you're talking about leaders, when they're looking at uh, the financial operation of the institution and you're talking about, we need revenue over here. These institutions have been strapped so tight. It's very seldom that they're actually wasting money. They may not be spending it in the most prudent ways, but it's not a waste. Um, it's like a boat that is taking over water. Yeah, you might put your finger in a hole, but there are two other holes that you're trying to fill. And, you know, the issue of deprivation of resources from state legislators or philanthropy at our institutions is real. And I just want to make sure that we understand that. And this is not to say that we can't do better, but it's real out there when you talk about how these institutions have been able to survive and not had the resources necessary. And even if you're talking about these alumni need to provide resources and do better, I certainly would agree about that there's a way to do that. But you're also talking about generations that have been deprived of access and opportunity. So it's easier said than done when you're literally talking about people that have the first time to um, professional type of jobs having to go back and take care of family that haven't had those resources. So they don't even have the income uh, in terms of first and second generation folks. With that being said, don't want to get too far in that rabbit hole, but I thought it was important yeah. to put that on the table I'm, as it I'm was wanna, the thing. So I did want to ask Mike 
Um, go ahead. You can bring up another. I want to acknowledge there's a conversation going on in the chat. I'd like to add. Chuck Hunt said, you know, HBCUs tend to become territorial. And I agree with that to a certain extent. Over the years, they become territorial, used to doing things kind of in a certain mold, a certain time frame. The question is, is Dion in this approach seen as an outsider? Because when you're territorial, you become antagonistic to a certain degree toward outsiders. And the question and the, the chat is generating a conversation around that. I agree to a certain extent that in some, in some aspects, Dion, the approach he's taken may be seen as kind of an outsider approach. There's nothing wrong. It's different. Going back to what Doc said, it's different, but I think some HBCUs may view it as an outsider approach. So just wanted to yeah, acknowledge Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. But I think if we really break that down, our institutions have never been a composite of just HBCU people. Right. They have always had individuals uh, from outside of the HBCU framework, educational, whatever. You know, a lot of people may have had a better disposition of tying themselves into the HBCU culture. And oftentimes that has to do because of how well they did for the institution over a period of time. So people see them as HBC folks. Uh, but I think it's a uh, misnomer if we act like all HBCU folks. And it's not that all HBCU folks have done right, right by HBCUs. We need to put that on the table as well. But I think where you're going from, which is important to really analyze this in terms of understanding that is people are about relationships and so it's about cultivating the relationships um, in a different way i'm sure there were jackson folks folks that had a concern about coach prime coming into jackson but that's natural i mean the power five hire coaches that people question um, they just have the resources available to navigate that space over a period of time. And if the coach is able to do it, then they can get past that. But hell, you still have people that are questioning Nick Saban in regards to his last couple of losses. Uh, is he doing it? That's just the nature of sports in regards to a, especially this modern era uh, where it's win at all costs and what have you done for me lately. So I, I think some of this is just the environment of understanding that People want what they want now. And then other folks are protective of their institution and wanting to win. So you have this limelight coming to Jackson State. You have some people that talk about the fact that they're not getting enough of love in regards to that, especially when you talk about media folks who have this conversation. They'll talk about what about FAMU and what about what Willie Simmons is doing, which is right. significant in that model in terms of what he's done, and we've tried on the show to make sure we talked about that the whole East, in terms of least, in terms of somebody in the West, is major concern in terms of what we've seen in the whole trajectory with Alabama A&M bringing in more transfer than anybody. Yeah, people are talking about the transfers to Jackson State, but if you really take the time and look at it, we talk about Alabama A&M brought in more transfers than any of the HBCU institutions at the FCS level, FCS in period. You talk about South Carolina State, that they won the championship and what are their model? It may be different, but it's been successful. But look at what they're being able to do in terms of enrollment, a new president that is setting up the framework that is setting stability to that institution. And you'll get a chance yep. uh, to play things out on the field because you had HBCU game. They released their top 10 and people went like different fields. It was great because it created dialogue. But it was amazing to me. It's just a poll in terms of people's ranking. And I guess that's what it's supposed to do. If you do it well, it's supposed to create the dialogue. But it's amazing about some of the dialogue that people seem to really take it personal. It's like, man, it's just. They do. They do. I think in some ways it's affirmation that the culture is rich from how much people love uh HBCU sports, particularly football, right, um, in some areas, and how much 
it is meaningful to them in regards to how dare you say things that do not match with the way I think. And that's why I think it's important for this conversation to at least level set that a little bit and let's have an open dialogue of what that really looks like and why we have some of these strange conversations that for some people would say is way off the course uh, uh, in regards to how we actually provide the discourse on HBCU sports. Go ahead, Charles. Did you want to add to that? No, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. um, I've become amazed, I think, at um, how sometimes the, the art of dialogue becomes this sort of tribal tribalism sort of deal. And it, it is, it's, 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 it's a yeah. weird phenomenon. I don't know if it's a social media thing, like, uh, you know, because group think is real, uh, but it, it is just a weird sort of phenomenon to actually do a level set, to have the, to have the health discussion without the tribal, I, you know, I, I can't believe, you know, they rank, them this way, or uh, I've got, I don't know how many inbox with regards to the strength of schedule. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, well, yeah, maybe, you know, their, their strength of schedule is not somebody else's strength of schedule. But weren't these schedules like done like two years ago or whatever the case might be? So, you know, and, and I get it, it creates dialogue, but it also, you know, you have to be careful, you know, how, <laughs> how personal you make it. Yep. Yeah, especially when you get on strength of schedule when None of the teams, 11 to 12 games, strength of schedule, unlike the NFL, where they have all these parameters that uh, force strength of schedule, to me, to be more real. And that's what frustrates me when you hear these terms of strength of schedules uh, with somebody that is familiar with the algorithms in terms of the mathematical framework. So, yeah, you can have a strength of schedule, but somebody can have the strongest strength of schedules just because they play two FBS programs, which – we rank with more scholarships are stronger, but what does that mean? A better measure would be able to mark the strength of schedule in terms of FCS programs and alone and not yeah. excluding all uh, non-conference games because you're going to get some things that are not equal because you're not playing like you do in the NBA or the NFL where you have the same teams playing a schedule based on some context of, where you finish the season, yeah. and where you are on your division. So that's why, like, some of this yeah. stuff people don't even understand it, uh, that, what they're really yeah. arguing about in the first place because um, there's no equity and equality in terms of the formula that is being used in the first It's not even a data point, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> not even a data point. It is just something to talk about. Because you ask 10 of those folks what they mean by strength of schedules, you'll get 10 different answers. Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) So that's where it gets fascinating when you start breaking down these rhymes of reason in terms of those schedules and nuances where you are. And I'll say this. We'll release our top 10 HBCU mid-major and major divisions next Tuesday. And it'll be interesting to see Uh, what the landscape says about our ranking. And the ranking we have is a composite of voters, a composite of these algorithms that are magically, that come apart, that we use in so many different variations um, that are borrowed from other algorithms. Um, In a lot of ways, it's what I say about higher education when you talk about these ACTs, um, SATs, and GREs about in some ways, depending on what they're measuring, you can find out that they are discriminative in their whole nature in terms of what they began with in the first place. And so if you really do the research, you'll find out that you're using a measure that has bias in and of itself. Um, and so I'm fine with that, as long as you understand it and know that. So I think it's great for us to come up and have these dialogues as we start to level set and get ready for the season because we'll throw all this out the window and we'll start having conversations and we're going to see what folks do on the field and try to provide some analysis of what that looks like and you get the ultimate measure uh, for the most part wins and w's uh, that allows you to least shine in on a little more point in terms of who's good and who's not uh, and who may need to go back
Let's close out in terms of this segment, get into our last segment. Uh, as we're closing out on baseball, I guess we'll get into the ninth inning. Um, the, if you've been watching the opening rounds of the playoffs where you talk about Alabama State, uh, as they lose out on Knoxville, you're talking about Coppin State, as um, they had a great showing in their last game, putting up some runs. But in NCAA regionals, you had a lot of games where people were hitting the ball out of y'all, a lot of scores um, <laughs> that were amazing when you talk about some of these scores, 20s and 17s, teens numbers up there. And not just one way, they're both ways in a lot of ways. So it's fascinating when you talk about that. We still got the track regionals so we can get in a little bit. We'll certainly talk more about on Tuesday as those things start up uh, Wednesday on the men's side and Thursday for the women's to open things up. So we'll talk about that in the last segment. But we wanted to give you some insight about just the HBCU business, HBCU sports. So we thought we'd turn things around for this show and just give you a different perspective and kind of have a dialogue since there's so much talk out there in this space. Hopefully people have um, appreciated a different perspective of how we talk about HBCU culture, the aesthetics, as I like to tell you about in business from that perspective. Stick with us. We got one more segment. We'll come back and get into a little more about the HBCU news of the day. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's it's the pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the pregame. We'll be there soon. We? Is this the one? Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. You're here. Definitely the one. <laughs> Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. Want to shout out to the lab listeners. Great commentary, great questions and comments being made. Uh, Edwin Dwight Moore making some strong. Karen Griffin, Chuck Hunt always providing information. Chad Cooper uh, putting in here. Wendy Jenkins Bishop, uh, even though I'm not sure if somebody's supposed to be in class or not, but I'm not going to tell any names. <laughs> but the fact that you're in our class, everything is going to be all right. Uh, but I do want to acknowledge those that are providing some great dialogue and conversation. Keep it going because that's really what it's about. If we're going to uh, really take things to the next level, it's going to be based on the fact that we can have meaningful um, dialogue. And to your point that you said about discourse, dialogue, and debate, I think some people fail to realize the difference between the two. I mean, oftentimes you debate because contextually it's about your ability to win. Can you put out things and show somebody over 
to come to your side. And that's one framework. I don't necessarily debate. I mean, that's just not where I am uh, for the most part. Sometimes you'll have me provide. I like to get into discourse at best is where you're really providing thought and framework on different things. And if you're really doing that, then you can get into what you talk about, meaningful dialogue. I think with social media platforms, oftentimes because uh, you're not in an environment where you can sit down, we get lost more in the debate, right? In dialogue at best and forget about the real discourse. So I did want to say that is one of the things that, that really um, something that we must consider is really thinking about changing the framework of how we enter into uh, true discourse on a given subject. Let me stick with you, Charles, and get back to the fact of what's some of the news that you thought was important that's on your mind that captivated you over uh, the last couple of, couple of days in terms of HBCU sports coming into this week? Yeah, well, let's take a look at HBCU coaches and players uh, named to the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. So these uh, gentlemen will be on the ballot. These are the HBCU players and coaches named to the ballot. Vincent Brown, Vincent Undertaker Brown, one of the all-time nicknames in HBCU ball, um, linebacker from Mississippi Valley State from 1987, first-team All-America. Parnell Dickinson from Mississippi Valley State, one of the coolest guys I've ever ran into. He was quarterback from Mississippi Valley, 1975, first-team All-American, Pittsburgh Carrier, National Player of the Year. He threw the ball to this guy, Bob Gaddis, Mississippi Valley State receiver, 1974, first-team All-American, Pittsburgh Curry as well. Timmy Newsom from Winston-Salem State. Tyrone Poole from Fort Valley State. Eddie Hurt. Uh, Morgan State from 1930-1959 led Morgan State to six Black College National Championships. Uh, Dwight Reed from Lincoln, Missouri, 1949-1971. His teams won three conference titles. He coached 93 All-Americans. And Gideon Smith from Hampton, 1921 to 1940, led the Pirates to the 1922 Black College National Championship and recorded four CIAA titles and two unbeaten seasons in his career. So those are the individuals from the HBCUs that will be on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. Man, in terms of Coach Eddie Hurt, um, that's somebody that could be on that uh, four list. You know, the Greensboro yeah. Fours, I like to talk about it, um, that is a hidden to a lot of people that talk about those uh, top four coaches in terms of the framework. He can be in the mix, certainly fabulous when you start to reading his historical bayou and what he was able to do for the Morgan State Bears. Mike, what's some HBC news on your mind? Uh, I tell you what impressed me, you know, we were looking at how, you know, Coppin State, you know, how they, how they finished, how Alabama State finished, but um, Shamar Page named Division One All-American, uh, I believe second team. You talking about impressive young pitcher. He finished the SWAC at number one with an ERA of 2.6. He allowed the opposing team to have a batting average of less than 200, 0.193 to be exact. That means less than two people, every 10 people, every 10 batters got a hit. That's mathematically great in baseball. So the highlight of his career came on April 22nd, uh, when he threw a thirty, just the thirty-fourth perfect game in NCAA Division One history versus Alcorn State, we talk about you know kind of the absence of the pitching depth in our HBCUs, but here you have a couple, and he he didn't finish. I mean, he was strong, but you got to look at it. Hunter Vince uh, for Florida A&M, also ERA two point nine zero, similar numbers. Breon Pooler for Alabama State. Uh, Ma uh, Robert Maldonado from Prairie View, Hector Vasquez from uh, Bethune, but Shamar Page was head and shoulders above the rest this year. Kudos, congratulations to him. Uh, NCAA Division One All-American second team. Um, so I look to see hopefully that young man gets a shot at the next level. Yeah, that's, that's big time when you broke it down in terms of the math. I like the way you snuck that little data point in there. And you're talking about doing it in the West where you had a lot of teams that can hit that ball. Um, that was not the guy that you wanted to go up against uh, in terms of trying to get the win uh, doing your three-game series over there in the West. Fascinating that um, didn't go maybe deeper in the tournament that lets you know uh, how important it is to have a rotational 
set of guys to get you through a weekend of baseball. Wanted to put this in there and get your thoughts in terms of where this is going. 2002 SWAT Football Media Day is set to be carried on live on ESPN3. That is Thursday, July the 21st at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time in Sheraton, Birmingham. The event will be streamed live on ESPN3 with college football commentators. Tiffany Green, Jay Walker teaming up to host the one-day event. A 12 SWAC head football coaches and two student athletes from each team will be in attendance to address the media about the upcoming 2022 football season. The thing that I'll say about this, I was excited about last year, just the new coming. But I think in a lot of ways that this year will be even more excited, even more people um, wanting to get a sense and provide some information uh, either to their followers or just themselves in covering uh, SWAC Football Media Day 2022. Uh, sticking with you, Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of what the media day may be like this year? Yeah, I think yeah, I think you hit it. Uh, last year there was no, there was a nostalgic feeling coming in, you know, Coach Prime. There was a lot of excitement. Now it's we know what to expect. We're looking for more of what we saw, and I need some more nuggets to take back to my organization or institution. Here's what I saw. Here's the tone that. This coach had. I, that's what I expect to see a lot of now. I expect a totally different, um, I guess, you know, uh, uh, I guess tone this year than one year ago. Uh, I think you'll. I think. I wonder if you'll see a difference in media. Um, a lot, yeah. <laughs> uh, that just just being quite frank. Quite frank, I think I think you have a, a, a lot of draws there. Not only with the coaching personalities. But with the recruits that you have now, there's been a lot of talk about all of the recruits that, you know, universities are bringing. You talk about Alabama A&M, you talk about FAMU, of course, Jackson State. But, you know, there'll be a lot of buzz and a lot of questions. The line of questioning, I think, may be a little bit different as well uh, for some of the coaches and some of the players as well. Charles, what are your expectations coming into the 2022 SWAC Media Day in Birmingham? Uh, it's going to be must-see TV. Uh, I think when you take when you take a look at it, and uh, with all the buzz that's happening within the HBCU stratosphere now, uh, and obviously there's been a glut of of, of, of podcasters and, and more uh, media personalities that have uh, come into this space. Uh, I think this is going to be uh, uh, another one for the ages. Uh, when you take take a look at. Uh, what these coaches and these players do. They whet the appetite for the season. Uh, the Swag Media Day has always been a, a great draw for, uh, you know, even going back to the days when it used to travel uh, from city to city. So uh, you take a look at uh, that framework and and what is going on now within HBCU football. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun time. And, uh, you know, we always get some uh, very interesting nuggets. I think uh, Shador pro provided some uh, bullet to board material for everybody last year. So you never know what you might get this upcoming uh, year. thing about it, though, to his credit, he put it out there, but he backed it up. Yeah, yep. so we got to put that out there as well. Uh, Phil Evans. Uh, joins the Bison Volleyball staff from MEAC. This is a championship-level volleyball team that is getting deeper in terms of expanding their uh, staff. Head coach Sean Cooperford, if you would, of Howard University's women volleyball announced Monday uh, in terms of that. Coming uh, from Xavier, Gold Nuggets uh, out of Louisiana, Evan joins the Bison family after spending his last two seasons down. And that way, Xavier has a pretty good uh, volleyball program. So it'll be interesting to see what that may mean for the women on the volleyball time. Also, we have athletic changes in terms of administration. We've heard some of the uh, backstory that this may be happening, but it's become official. Mississippi Valley State has named McClennan. Uh, that's with no D. New athletic director from SWAC.org, Dr. Gerald Briggs Sr., has announced that Hakeem, uh, a Valley alum, is the school's new athletic director. Briggs expressed the excitement to welcome McClennan and his family back to Mississippi Valley State. Um, he is expected to start his new role June 15th, uh, coming out of Jackson State. Uh, it sounds like uh, Ashley is growing a little bit of a tree over there in terms of uh, <laughs> folks uh, getting an opportunity to be athletic director at Prairie View, obviously. Um, one is an individual on the staff as athletic director at Houston Tillerson University. Um, and so it's fascinating to see how the SWAC has changed over 
uh, in terms of athletic directors uh, becoming much younger, uh, if you would, in a lot of ways, which is fascinating when you see that across the board now uh, with this changeover. So um, any thoughts before we close out on that news or just in general, starting with you, Charles? Yeah, I mean, he adds to an exciting crop, like you said, of young uh, athletic directors uh, who are, are are business savvy. I see Mississippi Valley State already uh, have has this elevate uh, sort of a moniker that they're going into the season with. Uh, but, you know, branding, uh, another important element, another uh, business model element that uh, we see these athletic directors bringing into uh, these uh, institutions. So uh, very excited for Akeem. He is a tremendously hard worker. I got an opportunity to work with him and watch him at, at Jackson State. Uh, I couldn't be happier for him. And he's definitely going to bring a different dynamic to Mississippi Valley State Athletics. Go ahead, Mike. Any last thoughts? Anything that you have my, on that? My, anything else you want to share? Yeah, my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. You just just add to this growing crop of young guns um, that that are being placed in in these positions. There's a reason why their approach. That you know they bring a, a youthful uh, exuberance, enthusiasm. Um, and so I think you, I think it's a trend that you will continue. I'll, I'll say you have enough data points to, to call it a trend, but you know, I'm ha- uh, kudos to the young man. I think he'll do good. He is a Mississippi Valley state product. Yeah. Yes. He has some serious skin in the game. So kudos to him. He does have a little preview blood in him. He held a couple of positions on the yard. So, uh, kudos to him. I think, but I think overall you'll, th- you'll continue to see this trend of young guns. I'd like to, I'd be remiss because this last Thursday, I don't know if you acknowledged it. I want to acknowledge it again. Prairie View wins 2021-22 SWAC Commissioner's Cup. Congratulations to those Panthers. Yes, I am now going unprofessional. So <laughs> kudos to the Panthers organization. They won eight SWAC championships this past athletic year. 67 points. Yes, I said again, 167 points. But uh, titles in soccer, bowling, men's and women's indoor track, men's and women's outdoor track, softball. So the next closest school was that little school in Mississippi. <laughs> State. But I'm not, all I'm talking about is what I'm talking about. I'm just, I'm just looking at data points. So no, seriously, I say that in just congratulations to the Purdue A&M University Athletic department staff team and um all those organizations who won championships this past year yeah uh, congratulations pb they won i think they were able to capture all three trophies overall the men's and the women's so yeah uh, congratulations to the athletic department mike knows that we put that out there but he had to find a way to, to wrap it and put his finger on it i so had to go put it again did, did a good job so well done i will say that you were able to put it in there you even had charles acknowledge and make sure you say congratulations so well done well done <laughs> thank you for listening to inside hbc sports lab make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues i am dr kenyatta Cavill, the dean of hbcu sports coming from inside the lab college of hbcu sports with mike watch and charles bishop again we want to thank you for listening to dr Bill's inside hbcu sports lab with mike watch and charles bishop every tuesday and thursday at six o'clock so we'll be back here thursday to give you the latest uh, news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Uh, that's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab, one on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. Dismissed.